This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet, and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget you and you network. You can find that on Instagram, you and you underscore network, where you can find all the shows uh, under the you and you network. Shout out to the you and you network. You know what I'm saying? And all those podcasts that's on you and you network. Think for the you and you network. The head brothers at you and you network. You can check out the socials at you a n d u underscore network what is a hypocrite a hypocrite is one who believes then disbelieves and becomes an enemy to what he once believed. A hypocrite is one who speaks out of his mouth what is not in his heart. You look at what happened in the last refugee crisis in Europe back in 2015, Poland was one of the EU countries that you know, was hesitant to take in refugees. Talk about what has changed and the different position now. Yeah, well, just to put it bluntly, these are not refugees from Syria. These are refugees from uh, neighboring Ukraine. I mean, that, quite frankly, is part of it. These are um, Christians, they're white, they're, um, they're very similar to people, many people who live in Poland. When you look at what happened, um, you know, being looked after by their parents. Their parents were going to work, eating, drinking in cafes, doing the things that you and I were doing two, three days ago. Now the unthinkable has happened to them. And this is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. Me, I'm sorry. It's really emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed. Children being killed every day with Putin's missiles. And his helicopters and his rockets. As you're talking to us, Matthew, we're playing in the latest pictures of some of the refugees trying to get on trains or trying to get out of Ukraine. And, and what's compelling is just looking at them, the way they're dressed. These are prosperous, I'm loath to use the expression, these are prosperous middle class people. These are not obviously refugees trying to get away from areas in the Middle East that are still in a big state of war. These are not people trying to get away from areas in North Africa. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. As you're 
now with the Russians marching in, it's changed uh, the calculus entirely. Uh, tens of thousands of people have tried to uh, flee the city. There will be many more. People are hiding out in bomb shelters. But this isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. Welcome back to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. You can catch this podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Play. Let's jump right into it, y'all. In the opening clip, you heard various media outlets respond to the situation that's going over there in the in the Ukraine and how everyone is so surprised this could happen to a bunch of blonde head, blue eyed white people from a Christian nation in Europe. I mean, these ain't people in North Africa going through war. These is white folks. Oh my goodness, how could something like this happen? This this is warfare. This this is this is for those people in those third world countries. Third world country, that's that's a code word for non-white countries. When they say third world country, they 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 really mean, you know, these subpar countries ran by people who are not white. That's what they mean by third world world countries. We can't believe this is happening in Europe. Hospitals being blown up. Apartment buildings being destroyed by missiles, civilians being killed by warfare. This is not supposed to happen here. Come on, guys. You got to open your borders. You you, got to help out the people of Ukraine. I'm not saying that they don't they don't deserve help, but they do. But I feel like this all the time. I feel like this when it does happen in northern Africa and other countries besides Europe. Here's the point. 2.5 million refugees have left the Ukraine because they had to, because they running for their lives. They running from the missiles. They running from the bombs. They running from the Russian soldiers. They don't want to be murdered. They're trying to protect their lives. They're trying to protect their families. So they're going into these other countries to seek refuge. And these other countries have opened up Poland, Romania, Moldova. These other Eastern European countries have opened their borders and let them in as they should. They didn't check their paperwork. They didn't check their passports. They didn't throw them in ICE detention centers. They let them in as they should. That's what they're supposed to do. Here's the difference. They didn't do that with the Afghan refugees and refugees from some of these other Arab countries in Northern Africa. They told those Afghan refugees, hell no, you can't come here. That war that's going on over in your country ain't got nothing to do with us. You can't come here, stay over there, and, you know, hopefully you don't die. We understand that your apartment buildings are being hit by missiles. We understand that your hospitals are being bombed. We don't care. Sit over there and die because you're not white. You're not European. You're not Christian. So we don't care about you. Poland had a strict policy against those afghan refugees they did not want them coming in to their country they wanted their borders closed they told them to stay over there and guess what those afghan refugees were running for their lives too they had a war in their country too they were trying to save their families too but you didn't care about them because they weren't white people 
they didn't have blonde hair they didn't have blue eyes they weren't christians so as far as they was concerned they could just sit over there and die because that's what y'all get in these third world countries you know y'all savages y'all just y'all just have all this warfare and you die and it ain't our fault so we don't want you here the hypocrisy in it all man the hypocrisy in it this past wednesday you the united states government just passed a bill which will provide 13.6 billion dollars in aid for the ukraine 13.6 billion dollars that bill got passed quick they've been at war for two weeks don't get me wrong i'm not saying the people in the ukraine don't need aid i'm not saying they don't need money i'm not saying they shouldn't get the money what i'm what i am saying is they've been living in hell for two weeks and the united states government says we're going to send you 13.6 billion dollars black people in america We've been living in hell for over 400 years. And every time the subject of reparations come up, white people say they don't, they not going to pay for it. They're not going to give you a dime. They refuse to let their tax dollars go to your black behind. Now question, did anybody ask you, um, did how much of your tax dollars you wanted to go to the Ukraine? Did they take a poll? Did they, did they send you a text or email? Did they send you a Facebook survey? Nobody asked me. They just said, look, they just going to they going to get this money and we sending it. And we taking it out your check. We taking it out your federal tax money. And here's the kicker. They at war with Russia. Russia's the one over there tearing a country apart. Russia's the ones over there murdering them. Russia is over there invading their countries and bombing their civilian buildings, their apartments, their hospitals, they so on and so forth. But your tax dollars got to go over there and help, and help them pay for it. Okay, they need help. I hope they get the help they need. We need help too, black people in America. We need help for the situation that we've been in, for the for the terrorism we've been under in North America. And when it's time for us to get our money, we should get it. All right. Let's take that off the table. Thirteen point six billion dollars. If the federal government want to, wanted to, they could eliminate student loan debt in the United States of America. Do you know that one of the biggest hindrances in developing wealth and getting ahead is student loan debt? You got tons and tons of people that then took out upwards of 80, even upwards of $100,000 in loans for college. And when they get out, it takes them 20 years to pay it off. 20 years. They in the hole because they got to pay back that student loan. Well, if the federal government in two weeks can cut a 13 billion dollar check to the Ukraine, they could eliminate student loan debt just as easily if they wanted to. But they don't think about that. Thirteen billion dollars of your tax money is going to the Ukraine in aid for a war that you didn't cause to fix buildings that you didn't blow up. But they getting that money. They could have used that 13 billion dollars to help relieve some of the stress, the financial stress and the heartache of people here in America. But they didn't. Here's another thing. man. Our neighbors to the border. When they was coming across the border into America because they was also running from their lives, they was running from the cartel. They was trying to protect their family from being murdered. Some of their daughters was even being kidnapped and sex trafficked. They was trying to provide a better life for their family. 
they threw them in cages. They threw them in ice detention centers and threw them in cages. And they damn sure ain't offer them no money. They said to hell with them. Y'all don't belong here. Go back to you. Go back to your third world country and face the cartel. And hopefully you live to see another day because you can't come here. And where do they get that hypocrisy from? Your slave master, mm -hmm. who's a hypocrite, says one thing, does another thing. When white people are in danger, the whole world stops. They are ready to stop the world to help what's going on in the Ukraine. When non-white people are in danger, no, they don't give a damn. They close the borders down. They say it's not our problem. They say we're not going to give you no aid. Y'all sit over there and y'all figure it out. They is ready to drive the price of gas up to $20 a gallon if it will help solve the situation in Ukraine. <laughs> they will wreck everybody's economy because there's white people over there dying. I seen a video of a little Ukrainian white girl in a bomb shelter singing Let It Go and all the reporters started crying. They, they, they is ready to turn the earth upside down. When black people are suffering and dying in America, the only ones that will help you is you. The only people I see out there fighting a good fight and trying to stop this evilness is a whole bunch of Negroes. And let me tell you something while I'm on it. They want to talk about how uncivilized and, and, and savage people in northern Africa are. I was watching the news the other day and I had to research this because I couldn't believe it when I heard it, heard the report. The Russians got a bomb that sucks the air out of a building. It sucks the air out of uh, out of the blast radius. So when they look, when you drop a bomb on the building, everybody in the building might not die. This bomb sucks the air out the building. And what it does is not only does it make it so you can't breathe, it sucks the oxygen out your lungs. They got a bomb that literally when they drop that bomb, if you anywhere in that building, that bomb is going to suck the life out of you. That sounds like something in a James Bond movie. I had to I had <laughs> I had to research this to make sure this was something real. And check this out, y'all. Not only does the bomb suck the life out of you, after it sucks the life out of you, it explodes even bigger. So they drop the bomb, the bomb blows up, sucks the air out out, out the building, sucks the life out the people in the building. So they're gonna die instantly. And then after it sucks the all the air out, it explodes again and creates this humongous explosion do you know what type of evil diabolical bastard you gotta be to even think of something like that and then build it and then use it on civilians and they want to talk about the savagery of the afghan people they want to talk about the savagery of the people in northern africa they don't have weapons like that but the Europeans do. Now, who the real savages? Since we're talking about hypocrisy, since we're talking about hypocrisy, my book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy, is available on Amazon.com. If you want a copy signed by me, send me a DM, let me know. My first novel, Exodus 2035, is no longer available on Amazon.com, but if you want a PDF version of that, send me a DM and let me know. This is Woman's History Month. March is Women's History Month, and I do think it's something to be celebrated because women historically, globally, have had a very unique history. 
because there have been several laws put in place to oppress women because of their gender. So the his so a woman's women's history should be well read, well researched, well understood, and it should be celebrated. Now, I am the firm believer that a woman can do anything a man can do and vice versa. I'm equal opportunity. All right. A man can cook. A man can clean. A man can iron clothes. A woman can have a successful career. A woman can be a leader. A woman can do, you know, she she could play basketball, too. All right. I'm not on gender roles over 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 here. But women's history should definitely be understood. It should definitely be celebrated. And then when you throw the race component into it, man, you really got to celebrate these sisters because not only do they have to deal with the systemic oppression aspect of being a woman, they also have to deal with the systemic oppression aspect of being black, too. So being a black woman, they, they, they get hit with a double whammy. It's like, OK, I'm a woman. And I'm still a negra. So I got it doubly as hard. So this being Women's History Month, I got a book recommendation for everybody. It's by Aya Gruber, who is a woman. She wrote a book called The Role of White Feminism and Mass Incarceration. I want to play a clip from an interview the author, the author did, courtesy of the cows. Scene. I mean, there's nothing is a monolith, but I, I do think in general, like, women of color feminists um, and sort of like socialist feminists, they were very, very, very against this sort of strange bedfellow of, of police and feminists. But, um, but usually the way to look back on it is to say, oh, you know, feminists really wanted to do the right thing. They're, they were in the right place. They just got co-opted or they just didn't see that it could turn out this way, or they just didn't understand the racism of the system. And, you know, that's true of some of the powerful feminist reformers, but a lot of it's, like, not true, right? They did see the, the, the racism of the system, and I know this because, you know, in my research, you see women of color, victims of domestic violence, the ones who are running shelters, telling them that they think a lot of this has to do with white supremacy and the oppression of marginalized men and the communities and there not being any resources for families that are under stress and just a whole bunch of things. There are literally women of color telling the feminist activists, this is what's going on. And they're actually, you know, faulting the women of color activists for denying the universality of the women's experience. Right. So, so, you, you know, now, like, if you say this is white supremacy, you know, women of color, you're just giving your men a pass. That's literally what, what they were saying. You're just giving your men a pass. And maybe you should look in inward and just recognize the racism in, your, in this particular exchange. I'm remembering it was a Latina. You know, why don't you recognize the race, uh, not the racism, recognize the sexism and the misogyny in Latino culture? And that was literally white feminists answer at the time to to black feminists and feminists of color they literally were like be quiet because we're trying to get a na uh, a national platform here and if you blame other things than men 
like, you know, than the men being just bad and these cultures being like bad, we're not going to get it. So that was a clip from Professor Aya Gruber. I forgot to add the professor part in who wrote this book, who basically said, hey, the feminist who let me give you some background. Professor Aya Gruber, she's a woman. She is a Asian woman. She got involved in the feminist movement when she first went to college. So she was involved in it. And as she was involved in it, you know, she started noticing different aspects that she disagreed with and her doing scholarly work, you know, her being a college professor, she decided to investigate more and she wrote a book on the subject. Here's what she discovered in her research. The feminist movement is ran by upper class white women. That's who it's ran by. And in order to get a national platform, when they would work with women of color and women of color would complain about the racism going on in their communities and the racism affecting their families and the racial aspect of the stress on the family and lack of resources and over policing and this, that and the third that are causing trauma within the black families. Now, this is coming from other black women. This ain't coming from black men. This is other black women telling them this. They would tell these black and Latino women that they need to keep their mouth closed because we're trying to get a national platform. And if we talk about race, we'll never get a national platform. So where this ain't about racism, everything wrong that happens is all about sexism and it's all the man's fault. It doesn't have anything to do with race. That's what the white women was telling the black women and they were stifling their voices because these rich white women are the ones who control the feminist movement. These are her words, not mine. I got one more clip I want to play from Professor Aya Gruber. You know, so, it, 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 you know, that's intentional. That, you know, that is intentional. You know, the, the example I wanted to use was there's a, the, the most famous anti-rape book that came out in 1976 was Susan Brown Miller's against our will. And it was the book that you know, that finally was like, you know, rape throughout time has been a tool of male oppression and it kind of led to this idea of taking rape seriously, which is a good thing, you need to take rape seriously. Um, but interestingly, she spends a not insignificant amount of time kind of justifying the killing of Emmett Till. And, and you're like, what, what is going on here? So, you know, she was talking about the fact that, yes, what, what happened to Emmett Till is terrible, but let's think a little bit more about this whistle, right? And so we now know that the whistle didn't occur, but, you know, back then, that, that was a story. Let's think a little bit more about this whistle from this black teen to this white woman. This whistle, this is what Susan Brown Miller said, was no just little, you know, hubba hubba, small tweet of a hubba hubba. It was no just little thing. This was a black man telling a white woman, I can have you. Right? Child. So this whistle. Yeah, child, exactly. But that's not how she put it. Right? That, that's not how she put it. Right? Like, so this whistle, you know, was, was a big deal precisely because Emmett Till was black and the, the woman, I forget her name, was white. And I mean, it just and when you go back and read that, it just blows your mind. And, and she draws a direct line between this, you know, hyper, hyperbole from Eldridge C 
Cleaver about raping a white woman being an insurrectionary act. She's like, you see, you see, you see. So whenever a black man says or does anything uh, sexual and, you know, there's a white woman nearby, that's really a heightened danger situation precisely because black men are using sexuality as a, as a weapon to sort of vindicate um, their racial equality to whites. If that don't blow your mind, I don't know what does. Let's recap what Professor Aya Gruber just said. Okay, in 1976, a white woman named Susan Brown Miller wrote a book called Against Our Will, which at the, like, if you're in the feminist movement, this book is like required reading. In this book, she justifies the killing of Emmett Till because she says, and I'm paraphrasing, all black men are hypersexual. And if a white woman is in the area and a black male, you know, whistles at her or makes a pass at her or 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 flirts with her, she's in a danger situation and she needs to be protected because black men are trying to use their sexuality to make up for the fact that they are being held down by white supremacy and they're trying to take it out by raping a white woman. So any black man who flirts with a white woman, you know, he should be killed. Now, we all know that Emmett Till was a child. And that whistled everybody talks about. The white woman lied. He never even whistled at her. She lied. She made that story up because she wanted some attention from her husband. And her husband went and killed that black child. But according to Susan Brown, that's what should have happened. These are the people that are controlling the feminist movement. Now, sisters, if you into the fem- feminist movement, if you into you should be into woman empowerment. You should be into empowering yourself. You should be in for fighting for your rights. You should be in to the right to do anything a man can do. But be careful. Be careful that you're not falling for a white supremacist agenda. Please pick up this book by Professor Aya Gruber. Once again, the role of white feminism and mass incarceration. And while we're on the subject of hypocrisy, Ryan Coogler world famous director he directed the creed movies he directed the black panther movie he directed fruitville station he was worked with michael b jordan a lot now that i think about it the brother's worth millions of dollars and he got arrested from trying to withdraw money out of his own bank account i didn't feel comfortable so he told me to call police while he had their stall what is it what's on the note ma'am um, it just says I want to withdraw twelve thousand dollars. Um, just be discreet. Is this an actual customer, or are they trying to rob the bank? They had a debit card, and he inserted it. He gave me a California ID, but I was like, okay. Um, I was like, how do you? I was like, how do you want the cash back? And he's like, just look at the note. And he had no weapons, correct? Not that I know of. He just has on black sunshade and a black, uh, um, a black hat. Is he a black male, white male? He's a black male. And every time I ask him, like, a question, he's like, look at the note. So, okay. But he inserted his debit card, and then I asked for his ID. He handed me his ID as a California ID. But I didn't look at his name because I'm just, like, so shook up. Like, I don't know what he's trying to do. 
So I just told him, give me one moment. You know, I have to get my managers. Okay, so none of his information was even verified. Okay. He might just want to be discreet, but I have police around. Yeah, I mean, he might. So the sister, who's the bank teller, she's like, well, I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to withdraw some money out of his account, dumbass. That's what he's trying to do. Sister, you work at the bank. You didn't even look at his ID. You didn't verify his bank account. Like the brother's worth millions of dollars. I'm I'm sure he's he's got the twelve G's in his bank account. You know, a black man walk in the bank asking with, with money. She calls the cops because it's like, oh my god, he must be trying to rob it. No, he's trying to get his money out your bank. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. So a black man with money, you know, let let's call the cops because something's going on here this is this this is strange i suspect the only reason ryan coogler is even still alive is because he was in atlanta most of the tellers working at the bank were black and it looks like one of the police officers that that came and briefly handcuffed him was black as well if this was all white bank they may they they might they may have shot and killed that brother so i'm glad he's alive he made a statement saying hey this should have never happened i was briefly the well he didn't say briefly he's he made a statement and he said hey yes i was detained it should have never happened bank of america has rectified the situation to my satisfaction and let's all move on so he's not making a big deal out of it next time just check the id check the bank account (laughs) i mean goodness gracious maybe he could have got an autograph and a a selfie with the brother maybe he would have put michael b jordan on facetime for you i don't know but i'm glad that brother's still alive Lord Jesus in the hills of North America they calling the cops if you a broke black man they calling the cops if you a black man with money you you just can't win before we get out of here it's one last thing I want to touch on my guys over at separate the two they got a hell of a broadcast and they played this clip and they reacted to it I want everybody to check check out the latest episode of separate the two white lenses and you should be checking out all of the shows on the UNU network because we putting out content all the time we doing great work check out a taste to consider podcast reservation for three separate the two three stars two bars code check out the UNU podcast dig in the archives catch up on that show where it all got started and of course some nut some crazy person who got this show called the unprocessed knowledge podcast i i don't know where, where they got this character from but if you go to UNU network instagram u a n d u underscore network you can find links to all the shows there like comment tell a friend support all that good stuff let's get into this clip that they played on separate the two because i Got to drop a comment on that you could tell black okay. people as a race. The que- I'm gonna preface this. The question was because it it is I could hear it at the beginning of the question is not in there. Mm-hmm. So the question was he asked white folk. He was like, "What is what is something? What is a piece of advice that you could give to black folk?" Right. So this okay. is a black man asking white people. If it was any piece of advice that you could give to a black folk, what would it be? And this okay. is what, what he said. If you could tell black people as a race, what would you say? If every black person got life insurance, like 
$200,000, policy, like every black person, there would never be another wrongful death by like any cop, any lawmaker, any person of any sort of power that wouldn't get prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Insurance companies hate having to pay. So they have that the best fucking lawyers. <laughs> so what did you think? Have, about? Now you can go and you check out the latest episode of Separate the Two and you can get their responses. Great show. Great response. I love that question. Here's my response. Fellas, I'm borrowing from y'all. Here's what a lot of people may not know. That person was right. Insurance companies do hate to pay. I've done the research. You can do the research yourself. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. Do you know life insurance policies have a clause where if you're killed committing an act of a crime or if you are shot and killed by a police officer, they don't have to pay the policy. Think about all the black people who got killed by police officers and nothing happened. Now, we had to move heaven and earth and have a worldwide protest in order to get Derek Chauvin convicted of murder. And everybody saw him murdering Derek Floyd. I mean, George Floyd, pardon me. And we were still on pins and needles when that verdict came in. But who got punished for killing Eric Gardner? Freddie Gray, Breonna Taylor, Mike Brown. The list can go on and on and on and on and on of all the black people that got killed by police officers. And it was deemed justified and the police officers line of duty. And not only is it seem justified on the official police report, it says that they were killed committing a crime. So life insurance doesn't pay anything like these life insurance companies are very smart and they do have great lawyers and they also understand racism and they understand how black people over police. That's why they put that clause in. When your black tail goes and sign up for life insurance. So if you're shot and killed by a police officer, your family isn't going to get anything. I just wanted to put my two cents in on that. And let's not forget. The three men who killed Ahmaud Arbery were not police officers. But when Ahmaud Arbery was killed before that video came out, the police told his mother he was a burglar who got killed in the act of committing a crime. That that is on Ahmaud Arbery's death in the official police report. Where do they get that hypocrisy from? Your slave master, mm -hmm. who's a hypocrite, says one thing, does another thing. Hypocrisy has been a very popular word this week in, in the news. I wrote my book, Hypocrisy in America, back in 2014, so I've been talking about it. This has been another episode of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.